Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, today we've got Matt Manzer back on Gear 30 to once again dive deep into the topic of ski boots. Now, as you'll hear, our original intention for this conversation was to primarily just stick to talking about Atomic's very interesting new boot and their new professional series, but apparently Matt and I just can't help ourselves And so this ended up turning into part five of our very deep dive on ski boot series. And you can check out the show notes to this episode to find the links to parts one through four, which you will definitely want to listen to if only because Matt and I didn't break out the whiskey for those other episodes. And on that note, I should probably say that You know, if you're feeling kind of cranky or you're just in a bad mood or maybe you just kind of generally hate fun, maybe skip this episode till you're in a better mood. But for the rest of you, get ready for a conversation about tongue volume and heel pockets. And we do talk a lot about Lukapa's feet. And we also talk about how plug boots are not a thing. And there's a whole lot more. And so, all in all, despite some jokes, this is another good one, ladies and gentlemen. Now, today's episode of Gear 30 is presented by Black Sheep Sports, which is our blister-recommended shop located in Munich, Germany. And we wanted to give Black Sheep a special shout-out today because Germany is still in a lockdown, which means that Black Sheep services are being necessarily limited. Now, Sebastian and his crew are allowed to hand out products, but customers are not currently allowed in the shop, and that makes things exceptionally difficult when, as you heard in my conversation with Sebastian in a previous episode of Gear 30, Black Sheep Sports is built on offering exceptional service. So, if you are currently in the market for new skis or ski apparel or whatever, now would be a good time to check out blacksheepsports.de, give the shop a call or send them a note, and let's just see what they might be able to do for you now and how we might, as a community, be able to support them. Because I really mean it when I say that Black Sheep is a quintessential modern ski shop, They do things the right way, and we really do just need to support them as best we can and help them weather these current circumstances that are obviously completely beyond their control. So again, check out blacksheepsports.de and send them a note. Okay, and on that note, let's now jump back down the ski boot rabbit hole with Atomics, Matt Manzer. Here we go. All right, Matt Manzer, it's that time again. Hey, it's, hey, hey. It's time to talk about ski boots. And is it weird that I'm excited to talk about heel pockets today? We're going to talk about whiskey and heel pockets. Whiskey and heel pockets. We should say, now, you are currently in Austria. Correct. It is 10.40 p.m. your time? We're at 20 to 11 right now. Yeah, and it is two two forty my time here in Crested Butte, 
And given that I had some calls come up, which pushed this conversation back uh, two hours and 40 minutes later than it was supposed to start, you were like, hey, man, I'm on my third glass of whiskey. I feel like you should be drinking with me. So I'm breaking all my rules currently. I am switching over from coffee right now. Normally that switch does not happen for many hours later in the day for me. We're we're sharing a glass of whiskey here. Cheers so, to that. Yeah, cheers to that. We got some fun things to talk about today. Often our conversations have gone like pretty wide ranging and kind of it's weird to use the word macro when talking about a very specific topic of ski boots, but that's how we've tended to roll in the past. I think this conversation, while I imagine it will touch on some like broader topics in the world of ski boots, we're kind of here to talk about some new products. And I think yeah. we just, I say we dive in. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go off on some tangents of boot nerdery. Yeah, we might do that, especially with the whiskey. Um, but uh, yeah, we got some new cool stuff lined up for next year. And this is going to be... I hate to word, use the word unpack, but there's a lot here to kind of to unpack, <laughs> but in a good way. Well, especially given that I was like, we really kind of need to try to keep this to about an hour, except that when you sent over one of the products that we're going to be talking about today, I think that conversation with you was about two hours. <laughs> All the boxes that came in the big box that you had to understand. I'm I'm nervous here, um, you know, about how we're gonna make this work from a temporal spatial sort of you know perspective. But let's 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 do our best. Yeah. Well, where do you want to start? Well, next year we got a, a new boot coming out, as well as kind of an offshoot. Like there's a a, a new thing Atomic is going to be doing um, that we've never ever done before that I don't think any boot brand has ever done this officially either. So it's kind of a, it was a pretty big undertaking to kind of set in motion and see all the way through, especially with a year like this, that was super challenging to get all these things to come together. But yeah, so I guess we're here to talk about uh, the new Hawks Ultra and something that we're going to call the professional series, which we'll, we'll kind of, dive into that in more detail maybe after we talk about what's new with with hawks ultra i guess sounds good let's go i think hawks ultra is by the time this boot comes out um so for next next fall release fall 21 um hawks ultra has been the market for about five years and this was really a atomic you know, trying to do something relatively new in the boot industry, making a light ski boot that skis well. And, you know, being the first brand to tackle that problem, um, there was obviously a lot of learnings that we, we've gathered over the last five years of, you know, can we make it ski better? Can we make it fit better? Can we make it easier to put on, take off, you know, keep water out? You know, all these things that... Um, you don't want to start over again, but you kind of did with this new, new way to build a shell uh, and a cuff. So there's a lot of learnings that we've we've gathered over the five years and kind of approached this new boot development with solving those problems in mind. So solving those problems, what we also call 
um, just consumer needs. You know, you need the boot to be um, more damp, more progressive, more stable, you know, all these things. I give that task to the R&D team, and it's their job to come up with the solution to that. And that solution is what is uh, what we're talking about today. So I think maybe a good place to start is to just go through a couple of the changes from, say, this current, we'll call it the current, you know, iteration of the Hawks to this new one. And by the way, what version then of Hawks are we on? So it's been out for five years, but are we on, is this, this new boot would be version, it's either three or four. Well, mold wise, (laughs) two. Mold wise too, but um, but I mean every year there's like NGT, there's new graphic technology, or we'll we'll tweak um, no, we some of the be- plastics. We we'll don't believe in liner. we don't we don't believe in new graphic technology here at Blister. So you can't you don't you don't get to count that one. But that's a change. Oh God! Not if not if you can't see. It's the minimal, and I'm not saying that's like the ideal thing. But I mean sometimes, hey, the 120 is just a new color. Everything else is the same. Um, that stuff just happens. I wouldn't say that's a new version of the boot. I would not either. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, so for me, this is uh, version two that we're talking about today from an R&D perspective. Okay, There's but been... wait a se- But liner changes. Yeah. So I would count liner changes. I would not count a different color. <laughs> that's not a change. That's not a thing. But sure. if there's been updates... I mean, I guess every year, every year of Hawks Ultra, we've done something new. So, the, like for example, this would be a nice history lesson. We'll just walk through it. The first year of the Ultra 130, um, it was a PU shell with a Gorilla Mid cuff, a PA cuff. And, you know, following the feedback we got after the first year, um, people were like, well... It'd be nice to get a bit more suspension, a bit more damping. And for how negligible the weight savings were on just the cuff, you know, we're talking like 20 grams, uh, we said, oh, let's just go go use our typical World Cup PU um, and update the cuff in year two. You know, um, in year three, this is hard for me to think back of because I'm kind of living in 22, 23. Right at this point in my you're head. Like, you're like from the future, kind of. I'm from the future. and But then to your point, we updated a buckle uh, on the boot so the water ceiling would close more effectively. We brought Mimic into the range, uh, what's what's in stores now. You know, So there have been some you know nice steps, nice evolutions year by year, some smaller than others, like NGT, some very substantial, like Mimic, and then this year is, you know, new molds. So uh, a really heavy undertaking. Um, we're keeping a lot of the good stuff that people liked and updating some things to make uh, people like it even more. And then adding a layer on top. Uh, again, we're going to call this the professional series. Um, on top of the normal range of Ultra Boots to take it even a step further. Got it. Okay. All right, well, let's go then. So we got a new let's mold. Go. What are you trying to do? So I think one of the things that made the original Ultra very successful was it was one of the first 98 millimeter 
you know, quote unquote, 98 millimeter narrow fits to not come from racing. You know, a lot of this 98 millimeter category, um, a lot of brands, um, even Atomic historically, they would use the World Cup outer mold, but use a wider internal last compared to racing to achieve that 98 millimeter fit. You know, whether it's, you know, the head Raptor that you're in uh, or our Redster Club Sport, those boots generally historically start with the World Cup outer mold, but there's two different lasts on the inside to get the different fits. And so when you do this, um, you're kind of locked into a certain geometry to a certain boot, a certain stance. Um, liners tend to be built a certain way coming from the racing side. And, you know, when we developed the Hawks Ultra, we said, we don't want to come from racing. We want to actually come from the all mountain side, like something that has a bit more comfort, a bit more adjustability built into it. And so we wanted to keep that with this new version. Um, so the last on the inside of the boot is unchanged. So if you like your Ultra, you like how it fits, you like the stock geometry out of the box, um, we've kept that. We've made some liner improvements um, to maximize. We're chasing millimeters here in terms of length. Um, so really small refinements, but things that, especially for the shop kids that have been trying on these boots every year, you're going to notice the Hawks Ultras have a little bit more length to it, um, but it's not a longer boot. It's not a longer last. It's just kind of just tweaking the liners and easing Sorry. out millimeters just, where you can. Just It is j not a longer shell, but it is a longer liner. Yeah. So the internal last, there's no change. Yeah. So the metal thing that creates the fit, like when you pull the liner out and look in the just the bare shell, that's the same. And the liner has been ever so slightly tweaked in the toe box, uh, more on the big toe. Um, just, again, chasing millimeters here to perfect just certain aspects of its out-of-the-box fit. And, I mean, it seems like it is a little weird to me. I mean, I, I ski a lot of different boots and put on a lot of different boots. And it's like when I step into a liner that I'm like, damn, this is a short liner. I'm like, why do you make a short liner? Like, I feel like companies should always err on the side of like slightly longer as opposed to slightly shorter. Why am I maybe wrong about this? Why are you trying on a liner? Just the liner. Well, cuz. Dude, no. I got to put my, <laughs> I got to put my custom footbeds in. Yeah, sure. Um, well, there's, there's, there's two wrong ways to make something. It's too short or it's too long. Thanks. Thanks you for know? clarifying that. <laughs> thanks. You know, Going digging into some Aristotle here, and the the worst problem is too long. If you have a let's just say your last length is two hundred and seventy seven millimeters, you make the liner two eighty. That's going to be a bigger problem. Just bunching up more than, material. Exactly, it's going to fold inward. So when someone puts the liner in, especially if it has like a stretch toe box, for example, that will cave inwards because the last is just restricting it. So if you were to err, and there is a tolerance within yeah, liners, right. you know, um, these are handmade from, you know, us, every brand, basically. Um, they're hand cut, hand lasted. So they're, you can be one millimeter longer than tolerance, than, than spec, 
or two millimeters shorter. That tends to be the, the tolerance that we run. And we err on that shorter side because if you were to go the opposite. If you go too long, long, you actually end up going shorter. It's actually, like a yeah. Zen Cohen. Gong. Totally. You're, yeah. Everybody listening to this, you're welcome because Matt, I've never seen Matt look more disgusted with me for my question. So <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like taking bullets for you all asking the dumb questions that Matt is like, that's a stupid question. But I, I, I'm just, we're, I'm setting ego aside asking those questions taking one for the team i'm taking one for the team here yeah. so you're welcome it might it might be the scotch talking sorry <laughs> right <laughs> good, i good listened me. to i listened to a bunch of iron maiden and was drinking scotch before this so so you're kind of aggro yeah. okay okay i like that so that's that's the answer i'm just saying as somebody like when i when i step into a liner and it's curling up my toes i'm like why if i step into a, a shell if i'm like in the shell and it's curling up my toes a little i'm like well yep that's how my ski boots tend to fit. Well, if you if you just did this trick, you you know pull the liner out of the shell, put the liner on your foot, and just remember how tight that feels, okay? And then when the liner goes back in the shell and you step in, it's a completely different feel because the instep height of the boot is literally pushing your heel back before you even buckle it. So this is why I was kind of giving you a little shit. For, and that's why nobody should be judging the fit of their boot by just trying the liner on without the shell. Because the, the, the shell geometry will literally pull the foot back. You don't get that from uh, just trying the liner on by itself. And of course, buckles, once you buckle it up, things pull back even more. I feel, so. like, we, I feel like we've ended up in a good place from, from, from a dumb question. That's helpful because I actually answered a guy's question on, I forget which forum was it the other day. He was complaining that when he tries the liner on by him, by itself, it's too short and he was kind of freaking out. And I was like, no, 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 time out, stop. You're okay. Were you as mean to him as you were to me just now? I was I mean, much nicer. Okay, cool. That's all right. <laughs> I don't know him. Yeah, he was a stranger. I got to be nicer to strangers. So last length we were just talking about for the most part. We didn't touch the internal last of this boot did not touch the internal last of the boot okay yeah so if you if you were a fan of how our boot fit out of the box how it made you stand all those things are one-to-one the same as current ultra and with that we've retained the ability for memory fit the ability for dual-sided cuff alignment for adjustable forward lean so we can go from 13 to 15 to 17 degrees. Um, and we have cantable grip pads on every half degree. So we have a shim system that can be purchased aftermarket to do sole canting with these boots. Um, all of that comes over from uh, Generation 1 Ultra unchanged. Weren't you and I supposed to start a band called the Soul Canters? Wasn't it like a, like a 50s doo-wop kind of thing Maybe. the soul canter could, could be. <laughs> it could be I still think that should happen at some point okay maybe at the summit we'll try to do something ah that's a big promise we're n- I'm not prepared <laughs> to deliver on that promise for this summit zero <laughs> that we'll be breaking out our new doo-wop group I don't know if you ever watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Frank has his doo-wop group come back uh, that just stuck in my head or came into my head so funny sorry 
tangent. That's all right. Um, so wait, say this again. What what did you say? The new Hawks comes with soul canting shims. The ability to be soul canted. So our grip pads. Well, we don't give every. <laughs> so <laughs> right. let me let me spell this out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Here we go. Um, current Hawks Ultra, along with Prime, um, the grip pads are developed with canting shims that we make in mind. So if you need sole canting um, on a replaceable sole boot, this has been typically a, a huge pain in the ass. Usually you do sole canting on race boots with solid soles. And so what we've developed is a special shim system that these shims go in between the grip pad and the shell to deliver the sole canting. And we do these shims on every half degree from 0.5 up to three degrees. So these shims don't come with the boot, but if your boot fitter, you know, analyzes you and he's like, hey, we can straighten you out here, get your ski flat on the snow, that is still, um, a thing you can do with the new Hawks Ultra. Soul canting. Soul canters. Okay. The person who does the soul canting. Right. Exactly. Or this might get cut out, but... <laughs> nope. It's definitely not. So, um... But, but, yeah, all the customization potential that existed in the first Ultra is still here. You know, one of the things, especially larger, stronger skiers complained about with Ultra was that, hey, given that you guys made everything lighter weight, it's not as supportive as my old race boot or even an older all-mountain boot kind of thing. And so we heard you loud and clear. Um, one of the cool tools we have in Altenmarkt, like in our R&D lab, is we have this like custom robot made for us that is a flex testing machine. And we can hook our boots up to it, competitors boots up to it and just kind of plot their flex curve and when you do this you can you can see where the boot deforms you know whenever you flex a ski boot it's going to bellow out in certain areas in certain ways and so uh, we measured that on the medial side the lateral side in the shell in the cuff and took note um, where we were seeing the most deformation and it's, it's obviously near the hinge point the pivot point where the cuff is mounted to the lower shell. And when you see the images or when you pick up the new Hawks Ultra, you're going to see a lot of reinforcement in the shell that was not there on the previous generation. It kind of was, but this is you know, about 100 times more. And so where you see these raised portions, um, this, this reinforcement, is exactly where we were seeing the deformation occur on the original uh, mold series. And so this added material is fighting the bellowing. And what we've measured is between 24 and 26% less bellowing with this boot versus the, the original mold series. So that is a very tangible, uh, noticeable effect when you go ski this, this boot feels much more substantial, much more powerful. Um, it, you can ski choppy conditions on big skis with this, and it doesn't fold like the previous boot did at a certain point. Um, 
So because of this, there is a slight weight gain to the boot as well. The boot's about 100 grams heavier compared to the previous generation. We wanted to make a light boot with the original Ultra, but obviously if you start pulling too much stuff out, you're going to sacrifice too much performance or too much comfort or too much of the fit. You know, something's going to give. And so we knew we had a really good fit, a high level of comfort. So it was time to give that performance back to the boot just so nobody was, was missing that or claiming it's not a real 130 kind of thing, you know, whatever that means. But people generally have a concept in their head of what a 130 should be. And, you know, when this boot is 25% more stable, than the previous version, it is very tangible, very noticeable when skiing. So we need to talk about this. There's two different ways we could be talking about stiffness or stability here, right? At least two. I mean, but one is what we would just call lateral stiffness, right? And when you're talking about the boot bellowing, that's what I thought you were primarily addressing, lateral stiffness. But it seems like now I'm not sure, actually, if you're talking primarily about, I don't know, what we would call longitudinal stiffness or what most of us, when thinking about just the quote-unquote stiffness of a boot, right? Is it flex like a 110 or a 140 or what? So when you're trying to throw these little 25% quantitative values at us, are you talking about lateral stiffness or are you talking about the other kind of stiffness that I'm not sure what we should call. I think the, the simple way to describe it would be like you put a boot on in the store and you start just jumping on it. Yeah. Like, I can flex this boot. Yep. Um, that's the kind of stability that I'm talking about. So laterally, I think the boot's always been pretty stiff laterally. Um, it's even more so with this. Yeah. Um, it'll be just improved all around. Um, I don't have any figures off the top of my head, pure lateral like leaning the boot over, um, measuring that kind of torque. But um, the, the obvious thing... You're talking about the obvious. How do we not... What is the proper way to speak of this? We wouldn't call this longitudinal stiffness, which is what we do call the... When we're talking about... It's the obvious measure, stiffness. The obvious <laughs> stiffness. Got it. What You what, You heard it here. Heard, you heard it here first, folks. The obvious stiffness. The duh factor has been okay. improved. Well, because if you go back and read my first review of the very first talks, you know, the good one, I talked about like super comfortable boot, love that boot and like weird steep moguls. The only thing I did notice actually was that kind of what I would call bellowing or a lack of some lateral stiffness when carving specifically very firm groomers and really trying to lay over carves powerfully. That's where I felt a little bit of bowing, or that was the primary difference that I noticed when, you know, skiing that first gen Hawks, as opposed to one of my much heavier Alpine boots. The general, if you just think of the general stability of the lower shell is much more uh, sound with this construction. And it's the, it's primarily noticeable just flexing the boot forward the obvious way the obvious way the okay. duh factor okay. has been greatly improved okay well you can't say improved it's uh, it's it's stiffer it's stiffer that's an improvement for some people and worse for other people oh. 
Boom. That's why we don't just make a 130 for everybody. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a range of these. Well, we haven't really talked about that yet either, but... Um, why do I yeah, feel not- like this is this conversation is going to end up with you hanging up on me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a refill in a little okay. bit here. Oh, God. Uh, Your Hawks 130 is now stiffer. Correct. Okay. Yep. Took us an hour to get there, but that's what we... It's stiffer. I would say it's... But it's not more two by four in terms of its feel. Better not so that be. would, so you can make a boot stiffer, and you see this in a lot of the lighter weight, or even just, yes. just touring boots in general. Um, they're stiff. Like there are some really lightweight boots that are super stiff. That's not fun though. Like they're they just it's like riding a mountain bike with on lockout. Like no, not good. Um, so even though we made it stiffer, having a progressive flex, making sure it has the right amount of damping characteristics that we're looking for always the top of mind with this boot okay well um i actually am sitting here next to this new boot and what i've learned is i should expect it to be a bit stiffer in an obvious way but not like kind of off the top which i don't like personally yeah so i think i think it's it's to to paint an accurate picture of the boot is the lower shell is more stable you still have a nice progressive flex pattern it just at a certain point won't fold over on you the way the original version did for some people now we're gonna go full nerd Ooh. i want to see if you have something to say about the specific rebound characteristics of the new hawks because i think you and i have talked a little bit about this yep on previous iterations of the hawks you're on the spot and i'll tell you later if you're right or wrong when i review the boot i would say this boot would still kind of fall on the energetic side of the spectrum it's not full pa touring boot springboard Mm -hmm. you know that's on one side and then you've just got you know a super damp Redster that's two and a half kilos on the other side of the spectrum. Um, it leans more that way now yeah. compared to the generation one. Yeah. But the characteristics of the boot, you know, to have that kind of agility, um, a good snappy feel to the boot, but at the same time, increased damping, progressive flex, and more shell stability than before would kind of be the, the way I'd summarize how that boot is going to feel. Okay. Those things sound good, Matt. In general. So for the normal range of Hawks Ultras, those characteristics apply. And when you get to the professional level, maybe we can kind of paint the picture here, just kind of giving you guys a snapshot of the range. So there's going to be the normal range of flexes for men and women. So men's boots start at 100, 100 flex, and they'll go to 100, 110, 120, 130. And so all that's kind of like the normal price points, normal flexes, mimic liners are going to be in there, et cetera, et cetera. And then living above that is going to be the 130 professional. And this will be an even more better level of damping and suspension uh, to the boot. And that's probably what we'll talk about next, maybe, is how to get there. Let's talk about how to get there. What a segue. <laughs> you're you're a real pro. I mean professional. Professional. Um 
Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Yep, here you go. <clears throat> I mean, we gave you, like, what, five really good episodes about boots? I mean, we're, there's got to be a dud somewhere. There's going to be a mulligan. I mean, you know, you know, this is our mulligan, maybe. Or maybe it's not it's my our fault. Best. You left me just sitting here for two hours. I, I definitely did that. <laughs> I, def- I definitely did that. I couldn't not drink. Right. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. I, I, I take full responsibility for this episode. Don't worry, folks. It's not going to go off the rails. <laughs> it might go we'll, off we'll, the rails. We'll bring it back. There's only, it's only off one rail so far. It's not off both. Still, we can salvage this. I'm just trying to think of what else should I say about the improvements to Ultra. And I think if you the one takeaway you're going to see of this boot, it's still kind of on the lightweight side of things. Um, it's about 100 grams heavier. So we really wanted to make sure um, we put more material where what was needed to make the boot ski better as the short story of it. While retaining the aspects that people liked about the original boot. It's light. It's got a, a nice energetic feel to it. Because um, I, I think a lot of uh, some of these boots that are in the same kind of category, they're great. They fit well, but they're just not. I don't. There's a lot. There's less standouts, I guess, at least in my head, um, of of boots in this category that of the lighter, dedicated Alpine boot category. Well, even some of the heavier boots. No one's making duds anymore. I'm not trying to paint that picture. But when all the testers that we had on this boot, A-B testing against, you know, all the um, the usual suspects, people just liked how the boot felt. You know, it just had a good feel to it that was unique. And we didn't want to lose that. But we knew where we had to make it better. By the way, how much would I have to pay you for you to seriously go and like seriously try to get the next atomic boot named the dud the dud yeah the atomic dud like if i if i was like i'll wire you 10 grand might pass on that i know but like if i wired you ten thousand dollars would you be like guys we have we've done a lot of secret market (laughs) research and what we found is everybody wants everybody wants to ski the atomic dud 10 15 grand 10 you start with 15 and I'll let you know if I need more. Okay. Then we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe like 23, 24 release. <laughs> the, the Atomic Pro dud. model. Dud Pro. <laughs> Professional. We might as well, I feel like, talk about that because I asked you this question. Why is this not called the Hawks Ultra Pro? But it actually says on the boot, it's spelled out Hawks Ultra Professional. You could have said legit. Hawks Ultra Pro. Yeah. You wanted more letters. Why not? You know, we're paying for a print. Let's get the most out of it. To be honest, there's um, a lot of things named Pro. A lot of a lot of 98 millimeter boots are something something Pro. There's also certain shops in Europe that that, that buy enough boots. We make special boots for them, and they have their range of boots called Pro, like some like Hawks Prime Pro kind of thing. But professional, we wanted to use the full word. Just sounds more legit, legitimate. I mean, the boots come with a briefcase. I hear they come with they come in a briefcase, in a, briefcase. a nice leather bound briefcase. But no, uh, it was just you know, it came from honestly two ways. Like there were for the best gears, 
professional series. It's not just going to be linked to an ultra, which we'll talk more about. Um, there will be professional versions of Redster, professional versions of Prime. Um, so I can so get the you, I can get the Redster Dud, or I can get the Redster Professional. Dud Professional. Oh my God! There's okay. lots of levels here. Jesus. Okay. Lots of layers. But for, you know, for those professional athletes, professional instructors, professional boot fitters are going to be excited about this because it's also a range of tools that we've developed. Yeah. You know, so professional was just kind of like, it just felt right to call it this. Sometimes things feel right. All right. I'm going to shut up because you should talk about this. There is a legit reason why this is its own series, right? It's not a little tiny, subtle tweak to the Hawks Ultra. It is like a whole different development thing. And we should make sure people are very clear about this, that when we're talking about the, this professional series, it's a whole new deal. So explain, please explain for us what that new deal is. So the professional series, um, if everybody thinks of like, you know, how would you build your ideal ski boot? And I'm sure people would say, oh, I'll pick this shell and I would go with this aftermarket liner and I would pick this aftermarket power strap and I'd have this awesome combination of this kind of hodgepodge collection of aftermarket things I've done to my boot like they would do on a mountain bike or road bike kind of thing. And, you know, the every major boot brand has just kind of gone along with that and said, oh, well, if you want something better for your liner, call up the ZipFit guys or talk to CDOS. If you want a better power strap, call up Booster, go that way. No one's really kind of gone after the whole everything and said, hey, this is what we think the absolute best boot should be. And so the professional series is exactly that. You're going to have a range of complete boots. So there's going to be Redster boots, Hawks Ultra boots, Hawks Prime boots that all have all these parts that I'm going to describe to you now. So there's a brand new liner that we've been spending the last two years making called Mimic Professional, which will come in the professional series boot. And it's also available aftermarket. And this thing is just like, we, we took the gloves off kind of thing. You know, most brands or every brand, including Atomic, at some point, we're trying to make a boot fit a price point. Yep. You know, because it's a business. It's a business. And there's certain commercial kill zones where we're like, oh, if we made this at $4.99, we'd sell a ton of them, you know. Well, if you work back from that, that means your shell has to cost this much. Your liner, I can only spend this much money on it, et cetera, et cetera. If we just said, you know what, we have our complete range of Hawks Ultras, all of the normal price points are there, but if you really wanted to throw down for the Mac Daddy, have something super unique, super awesome, that's what we call the Professional Series. So you're going to see the new Hawks Ultra shell, a Mimic Professional liner, and a professional dual strap. And so we'll kind of go into each of those kind of components now, yep. I guess. Yeah. So you'll be able to get complete boots. If you said, hey, I want to just start, go all in, like you're buying a complete bike, for example, one-stop shop, here you go. There'll be a Hawks Ultra 130 Professional. Which I'm holding in my hand, right? Yep. If you had a, a Redster 
STI, a Redster TI, a Redster CS, a Hawks Ultra, or a Hawks Prime currently. And you said, hey, this boot's awesome already. I don't want to buy the new one, but this new liner sounds awesome. All the liners are available aftermarket to be picked up as well. And then on top of that, so are the dual straps. So you can go complete boot or you can go aftermarket part, depending how you want to take care of your, your own needs. Your boot, boot needs? Side. Your boot needs. Boot needs. I got needs. Oh, God. Oh, no. Here it is. It might be off both rails now. (laughs) (laughs) Nap. Maybe Iron Maiden was the bad call before this too. It was just—it's just the whole combination. I love that you're blaming Iron Maiden and not the Scotch. Uh, It's only my fourth. No, I'm kidding. Um, Okay, I don't want to know double music. I I don't want to know any more about your personal needs. So let's just keep it moving. Fit, comfort, performance—those are the needs I'm talking about, everybody. Just so we're clear. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there's nothing left after that. The new Mimic Professional Liner. Let's talk about that. So last year, we developed the the Mimic Liner. And what was cool about Mimic was that it wasn't just another heat multiple liner technology. Um, This liner really, truly was heated up. All the materials around the ankle, the plastic in the tongue, the plastic in the cuff, um, softened. They shape, they harden, they cool and harden in the shape of your ankle, your shin, and your calf muscle. So, really cool. And all those liners still exist in the normal range. Mimic is still very much a thing for us. Um, And it'll even come down a price point um, into some lower flexes for next year, um, which is really cool. But what some people were thinking was, oh, it's going to get way tighter where it needs to and it was like no it really just it shapes to you so if you needed to get tighter mimic wasn't exactly doing that it was just shaping to you if that makes sense it wasn't filling in voids in certain spots and a year previous to this on the world cup side of things we had developed a new foam liner a foam injection liner and this foam liner utilized a bladder system and if you've ever seen a foam liner from you know Surefoot or Boot Dock or anybody that the classic foam liner has you know no fit to it whatsoever when it's brand new you, you can't just go ski it try it you know it, it's empty and the foam is literally pumped in through these rear tubes on the back of the liner it fills in around your ankle and foot and the excess air in foam comes out some front exit tubes. And what we developed uh, in racing for the Redster boots and for some of our athletes was this unique bladder system where you pump in a foam, but there's no exit foam to manage. There's no other tubes. And the foam goes in at a, a much more consistent and controlled rate so it doesn't rupture the liner which is a big problem with a lot of these foam liners. Uh, kind of the biggest reason why you don't see 
many shops doing foam liners is because they can get really messy. They can go sideways really quick. Like if you get really inconsistent fits out of them. Um, so our own World Cup techs, for example, when they would do a traditional foam liner for Marcel, for example, or any of the athletes, they would have to do three sets of liners to get one good set. There'd just be too much inconsistency, like the medial side wouldn't fill the same way as the lateral side, or the foam went in at such a, a pressure that it blew apart the liner. You know, too many ways things could go wrong on the bootfitter side of things. And so you see liners like Intuition, for example, have a really great kind of simple heat it up, put it in the boot, step into it, and there you go. You know, it's it's really simple, it's really clean, there's no mess associated with that. And so we wanted to make it make a foam liner that was super easy, like brain dead easy. As long as you followed certain steps, you would have an absolute bang on perfect fit. And this is what our racing development team our race department, excuse me, developed um this foam liner for Redster about two years ago. And so when we made Mimic last year, we're literally just sitting around and we're like, you know, what if, how can we make Mimic get tighter in certain zones? How do we make it get exactly what you need? You know, because the downside to a Mimic or an Intuition liner, you're working with a, a fixed volume of foam in that liner. You're not going to be able to take more away or pump more in. You're just reshaping kind of what's there. And it works super well. However, if you really want to have your exact fit, the only way to do it is through this kind of injection foam technology. And what we're doing is melding Mimic technology with this Redster World Cup foam technology. And this is such a unique way to, to build a liner that we're actually being awarded a global patent for it. And so in the world of liners, this is a really new thing. Not much patentable stuff is happening in the, in the liner world these days. Um, you've got a lot of great products, but a lot of it is just kind of been there, done that kind of thing. And so if you were to pull apart this liner, you would see uh, towards the outside material, so what's going to be closest to the shell is where the mimic plastic material is. This is a heat moldable plastic type of material. So this liner actually goes into an oven to get heated up and softened first. This means you're going to mold the ankle plastic, the plastic in the tongue. And the really, really cool part about this liner um, is also in the cuff. This is a carbon fiber cuff, a heat moldable carbon fiber that we found in the cuff of the liner. So this is going to mold exactly to the shape of the cuff, to the shape of your leg, and harden in that shape. The tongue will harden in the shape of your leg, and this mimic material will harden in the shape of your foot as well as the shell. And then the foam, the foaming process happens while the liner is still warm, while it's on your foot inside the boot. And if you've never had a foam liner made for you, it is such a cool experience to feel the foam kind of rushing in and just literally enveloping every millimeter of your foot. 
and it's your foot shape. Like nobody would ever be able to ski your boot comfortably after this kind of thing. Like it's literally made for your right foot, for your left foot. And the beauty of it is that we're using a, a really cool type of PU-based foam that is very soft, but also long-lasting. One of the drawbacks, again, to these foam liners is they used to be just like cement. Like they would be, yes, your foot shape, but it would take like a month to break this thing in. Like it was just such a hard foam that it's just no fun for most people. This liner, once it's made for you and it cools, you can go ski it immediately and you won't need to break it in. Like it's, as long as the shell's the right shape for you, you know, um, you get this liner made, it cools and hardens, you're good to go. And that's the, the, the real beauty of this is we've just been blown away by how, how well this liner fits. Even guys that had foam liners in the race department, that have always been on foam liners, are like, this new Mimic Professional liner is just unreal. Because you're getting this softer PU foam next to foot, but the hard Mimic plastic is on the outside of the liner next to the shell. So when the whole process is done, it feels like this rock-hard liner. But on the inside is a PU foam that is just very comfortable but at the same time, very long lasting. So you kind of, not to make it sound too perfect and too good to be true, but you really are kind of checking off a lot of boxes here. But you get your exact foot shape. It's good to go from day one. You don't need to spend weeks breaking it in and it will last you a very long time. Okay, here's a question for you. In a previous conversation, I know that it like, blew your mind when I told you I have never skied a foam liner. I have reviewed a ton of boots, but mostly what we do is review boots with their stock liners. And yeah, I have skied boots with a number of different intuition liners and two different zip fit liners. But maybe for like, if there's like three people still listening to this that, you know, didn't turn, <laughs> didn't turn this off like about 20 I minutes ago. We got better. We kind of got back on track. I here. feel like we got back on. I feel like we went professional. Tell me what you think will be my experience when I get this boot sitting right next to me, the new Hawks Ultra Professional injected and go ski compared to a number of really good boots that I have skied in the past that I get along with well. What's, what's your take? You are on record. One word would be seamless. Two words. Give me two, give me two words. <laughs> I'm like, that's one word, dude. <laughs> You're like, I mic drop. I'm, I'm pretty sure seamless is one word. You can't catch me on that. On no, that no, no, no. It's one word. No. I'm just, I was I'm trying to get, get you, you to expand. Yeah, I know. This is why um, no one's listening any longer. I blame you. You, you can, you can have. You know, to your point, you've never had a foam liner before. This kind of shows that most boot fitters have kind of walked away from this technology. Agreed. Honestly, yes. You know, because there's just so many ways it can go wrong. It's just not worth it for them, um, and for the customer. It's like for you guys listening. You know, 
there's just so many ways that just could not be a good thing for you. So I don't blame you for not really having a foam liner done, but it's it's surprising given you know how many boots you've tested and how many boots you get thrown your way. I'm sure I'm just surprised no one's just thrown one at you before and said, go do this. Um, but really, the you, you're going to have snug-fitting boots that you think are responsive. You're going to have boots that are tight, and you you don't think you've got pressure points until you try this. And it, it literally is just exactly what you think a liner should fit like. You know, as long as you pick the right boot to start out with, for yeah. example, there you, you know, you know that, that's that's why we also make so many of these. You know, um, not only are we probably the first boot brand to really do this, but to offer it in a a ninety three millimeter version, a ninety five, a ninety six, a ninety eight, and a one hundred. You know, the kind of options now that are available make it way easier to get this right for you before you even thought of customizing some part of the shell, you know? So even though this boot doesn't have a first fit, there's lots of ways to kind of fine tune which one you should be in before you pull the trigger kind of thing. Um, So let's just say, I know I'm a 98 millimeter type person. I've always been, I'm gonna do the Hawks Ultra 130 Professional. What's it gonna feel like? the boot literally will have your foot shape. That's the, the, the simplest way to describe it. And you're kind of like, well, duh, dude. Uh, until you get it done and feel what that's like, it, it's really hard to describe. Because you can use these words that just kind of feel empty and without, or they're just cliche, like seamless, exact. You know, like, sure, everybody's always said that. Once you really get it done, like those will be the words you'll be falling back on kind of thing and the boot will just react instantly it'll feel comfortable like you just won't have any of these issues that going too tight typically causes if that makes sense yeah so we've got a prime an ultra a club sport a ti and sti versions of these liners so you can this person typically it's not their first ski boot right going to this level you know hence professional there you go and so somebody typically already has a a direction in their head where they think they should go anyway you know and yes it's a little bit of a leap of faith to kind of say well i can't try it before i buy it kind of thing um without kind of promising too much you know it's one of those things like that we will work with the retailers for sure. So there's just no risk for this to go wrong for somebody, you know, um, we're so confident in the process. They're so confident in the result that as long as you're, you know, you've been kind of profiled to this is the size you should be. And this is the volume for your foot that we think you've got a good footbed. Um, You've addressed any kind of small stretches beforehand. You know, that's, these are just some of the things every boot fitter would do for this type of boot. Um, you're going to be super blown away by it. And for those people who are listening to this, perhaps those three people still listening <laughs> to this, if they're getting kind of freaked out, like, yo, I just kind of want to go ski, I take it 
you would say, awesome. Check out our new Hawks Ultra non-professional, which is not, which is going to come with a mimic liner, not this foam injected professional liner. Correct. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all the normal boots you've loved and you just want to grab it, open it up out of the box and go. They still exist. Totally. It's just those people who know how important, how important the right fit is. You know, if you've been chasing the perfect fit, yeah. you know, which, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are that person, you know, this is exactly, this should be on your radar 100%. But it is a little bit kind of going against the grain of what so many boot manufacturers are trying to do right now, which is chase the best possible fit right out of the box. When we're talking about this professional thing, that is not what we are talking about, just to be clear. In fact, like I've, I've got this new Hawks Ultra Professional sitting right next to me, and I can't go ski it until I do this process. And I think those are just good things to underscore and reiterate for people. And I think you've already said this well, like who who is the customer for this boot and that there are going to be aftermarket liners available for people who want to go see if they can improve their fit. Or we just say, actually, we know the exact target audience for this boot or this liner, which is Luke Kappa who we've <laughs> yeah. learned God hates. And so gave God him... God has not smiled upon Luke. Like, God hates Luke Kappa. If we've learned anything at Blister over the last several years, it's that. This would be, you know, like the prime version of this for Luke? Yeah. All day. Here you go. Boom. That's the, that's, that's the big claim you're making in this conversation, that this ought to be the, the, the Hawks Ultra Prime professional ought to be Luke Kappa's favorite ski boot of all time. You guys could use that as a marketing tag. I mean, and if it's, if Austria it turns out, would love it if it turns out <laughs> to be true. So yeah. So two things, this ought to be your marketing for the Hawks prime professional. You can just say this ought to be Luke Kappa's favorite ski boot. There you go. Okay. Yeah. If he knows anything, if Luke Kappa isn't a complete and utter moron, this ought to be his favorite boot. Man, whiskey makes you angry. It made you angry. <laughs> I think you were angry, and then I I had to keep Don't up. Put this back on me. <laughs> I, I would no, honestly, you know, with with Luke's trials and tribulations with finding the right fit, you know, he seems to be happiest in the hundred millimeter world of boots, and. You know, this is the type of boot. Maybe he needs like a punch here or there um, on pre, the shell. Pre pre foam pre, injection. Pre foaming, and again, any boot fitter who would be doing this would be like, "Yeah, we can see that coming a mile away. We're doing this and this. No stress. Foam it up. He's good to go." And he could literally go ski it that day. You know, he and be happy. Honestly. Um, that I can't stress that enough is like once this is made for you, you're not going to be grunting through the next two weeks, like wishing the pain would go away. Like it just works from the start. And so, yeah, that is Mimic Professional. Mimic Professional. 
available at finer retailers everywhere. One of the things we wanted to do with the Mimic Professional was have a way to customize the tongue volume as well to this. And one of the things we came up with was just like how you could pick your volume of ski boot. So we've got narrow Hawks Ultra, medium Hawks Prime, wide Hawks Magna. You know, you kind of pick your volume based on your foot shape. All of the Mimic Professional liners come with what we, we call the V3 tongue system. And so this is three different volumes of tongues that are available. So a liner and a boot just come with the one tongue. And you can get a thinner or a thicker volume tongue depending on fine-tuning the fit even further. So if you need to reduce volume, uh, gain some volume, um, just fine-tune how your shin interacts with the tongue of the boot. Um, there are three tongues that are available to kind of pick and choose from as well. I'm pretty sure this is the first podcast in history that's ever talked about tongue volume. And its benefits. <laughs> and its benefits. Is this something that where it's like for, okay, Lou Kappa, who you may have heard of, um, he talks about his skinny lower legs, his skinny calves. Are you suggesting that Luke might want to like not just move the buckles on his cuff, but that Luke might benefit from a thicker tongue on his prime professional? So for starters, the, the tongues are built more like a race boot than they are your typical um, all-mountain boot, where on an all-mountain liner, like a normal Hawks Ultra, the tongue is fixed to the liner. You cannot remove the tongue. So on your more World Cup-oriented liners in general from different brands, the tongue is not only adjustable, you can move it forward, you can move it backwards to adjust the volume um, of its, its placement on your instep and leg, for example. Um, but given that it's you can do that, you can also remove it. And so we just took the opportunity to say, okay, on these Hawks boots, they're going to come with the, the medium volume. This is what we call a standard Hawks thickness, is this medium volume. There is also a low volume fit, so a, a lower volume, tighter fit, as well as a higher volume version. So depending on what your instep is doing, what your leg is like, um, there's ways to kind of fine tune that even further. So with Luke, he might say, oh, I love the way this professional is, but I kind of want to have like a different feel on the tongue because of my God hates me instep that I have kind of thing. So we would say, okay, let's, we just take out the medium volume and we put on the high volume tongue to gain some space over his instep, for example. Or if you're like me, I've got a really skinny pancake looking foot. I think skinny maybe oh, pancake? a skinny pack of crepe. Yeah, a skinny pancake. You have a crepe foot? Not a rolled up one, just a you know, flat. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you could imagine 
very <laughs> this has got to get edited <laughs> maybe maybe not maybe maybe not so for super you know flexible feet that you know you would call them flat they really pronate quite heavily um there is a thicker tongue to take up space you know and these options exist to further perfect the fit of your liner i feel like we might be in like psychopath territory here though like out of a hundred people who are very interested in the professional liner and getting a professional liner how many people out of a hundred do you think are going to be like yo i really need that thin line thin tongue volume as opposed to the medium tongue volume as opposed to the xl supersize it tongue volume what's your guess all of them what do you mean all of them they're not all (laughs) (laughs) no but you know, like one of the things we're we're trying to get the retailers in on is having the tongues available that people can try as well. So they'll all, they'll in most places be able to try the boot with the three options yeah. and be like, huh. So for example, which is this might be counterintuitive, but the Redster versions, you know, which is kind of the low volume boot, right? Very snug boot. They come with the high volume tongue. Because you want to just suck up as much possible space. Well, and the, this comes mainly from racing. The racers love the feel of this tongue. So all of the Redster boots, even though it's a low-volume boot, quote unquote, high volume tongue. they have a high-volume tongue because that delivers the fit and feel that they, they're looking to have. And the high-volume tongue is a thinner construction. It uses a different foam, a denser foam, so you don't pack it out and just bump up against the plastic of the tongue. But it's a thinner construction top to bottom. And this just changes the feel of the boot. And that's kind of like why we thought of this. We're like, racing uses this thin tongue construction. But Hawks uses this medium volume. I'm like, why are those guys doing that and girls you know and like well they just they had both options and since they can exchange it and move it around because this this velcro attachment to the tongue to the liner we were like well let's start playing with that and we did and you know some people were going high volume tongue on their low volume ultra some people like my boss jason he has the high volume or sorry, the low volume thick tongue, the low volume fit on his ultra. You know, so it's it's things you never really you didn't have the opportunity to right. to nerd out on this stuff before. You know, I guess we're kind of giving you more variables to freak out on, but but they're meaningful. They they do have a benefit for different feet, different foot types. So um, the options there. You don't have to do it. You can stick with what tongue comes with the boot or the liner, but just know there 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 are those options to further perfect it. And first of all, I feel like maybe you guys should have named this not the professional liner, but the nerd liner. The nerd liner. You're welcome yep. to use that for free if you want to next year or the next next year just 
call it the when we update it yeah cut the hawks ultra nerd the nerd the yeah. nerd level yeah well that's probably above this there's the professional level and i'm and, sure there's some way we can make it even worse like, <laughs> okay. like just more go further down the rabbit hole and so <laughs> one one technical question so are you suggesting that people first inject their liner with foam and then start playing around with these yeah you can do that no problem mm-hmm. no problem that's what, what we do yep yeah you yep. Inj- but and that is the in fact that is how you should do it you're saying go yep. inject it first totally then yep. figure out if you want low yeah. medium high yeah volume. we've 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 done so many combinations and we played around with every possible thing in this kind of toolbox that we have and we're giving you what we think is the best starting point. Yeah. And for many people, honestly, go medium. That's all they'll do, you know, but just know that like these different tongues really change how the boot feels in a good way or bad way. You just say, Hey, I'm definitely not the low volume tongue. Yeah. Don't need it. I'm good with the medium, you know, but I've got, so I've got my ultra, uh, 130 professional with the medium volume. I've got a club sport professional with the high volume. You know, and it just feels awesome. And you can, when when this is molded, um, when the liner is injected for you, it's it'll be obvious the tongue sits in a certain spot, like the foam, like meets this exactly, um, and it'll meet all those different tongues in the same place that the shape of the plastic is the same where it's going to interface to your shin. It's just how thick is the foam from the top to the bottom. When you get this on your foot, you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about. But we didn't honestly, at first we didn't think it was going to be a thing, Yeah. but then honestly, when the, when the racers were like, well, we use the thin one, we use the high volume fit. We were like, what? Huh. Okay. We start well, we start playing with that. Yeah. And it was awesome because it totally opened this door for people to just find exactly what they need for a fit. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. And I figure since I ski exactly like Marcel Hersher, I'll probably just do whatever he does. So if you wouldn't mind letting me know letting me know when we're done here, then I'll just do that and probably be super super dialed. It's it's super easy to get your boot to fit like his. That could be your other marketing copy. <laughs> you have, this is the liner that Lou Kappa ought to be in. And then you could also for non-prime models go with, get your boot to feel exactly like Marcel's boot. Yeah. Everybody has to get a 25 shell because mm-hmm. that's what he uses. Right. Yeah. So everybody has to fit into that. Got it. Yeah. You're welcome for all this free marketing advice. You're welcome. Just, I'm writing it all down. Good. Don't, you can, yeah, I'm making, I'm making notes here. Good. I like this. Probably the first time Luke Coppa and Marcel Hersher have ever been put in like one sentence kind of a the thing. The same sentence. Yeah. That's also pretty good. He's smiling. Yeah. They're both smiling. Right. They're both like, yeah. we're, we're in good company now. Um, all right. Our last thing. Big thing that I talked about sort of recently on a Gear 30 podcast Yep. You heard the rumors. I heard the rumors. Yep. So the the third component to the professional series is a new power strap. 
And to kind of give you guys some background on what we're doing here is, again, coming from the racing side, we had a power strap called the dual strap. This is a patent that Atomic owns where a 55 millimeter high strap is essentially split into two halves, top and bottom. And the top half sits directly on the liner tongue and the lower half sits on the cuff, the plastic cuff of the boot. And there's a cam buckle that you kind of pull on. Uh, you pull it, you thread a, a fabric webbing through it, you pull on it, and you can cinch this thing down super tight. And it nicely isolates the, the liner tongue pressure and the cuff pressure. So you can always have a very snug fit between your shin and the tongue and the cuff, the plastic cuff on the liner tongue in a, a really cool way. And the dual strap has always been what I would call a static strap. It's mm -hmm. non-elastic. And it's been kind of like the mainstay, I would say probably up until this year, half of our athletes use dual straps and half of them use booster straps. It was kind of split 50-50. And given certain patents that have expired, we are incorporating uh, elastic elements into our dual strap in a, in a way that allows you to kind of have the best of both worlds. So a booster strap, for example, um, is made up of elastic layers and it's kind of this always active, always stretching, dynamic strap on your boot. And it's only on, either put it on the cuff or you put it on your liner tongue. You kind of have to pick and choose which one. So what, what we're doing is allowing you to have both pressure on the tongue and pressure on the cuff. And there are elastic elements and there are also static elements on this strap. So what I mean is you can kind of play with how active the strap is like how much suspension, how much damping you want, or how locked out, how fixed you want it to be. Yep. And when you see it in hand, or when you see in the pictures that you'll see accompanying this, it'll make a bit more sense. But essentially, um, you can imagine a boot's flex pattern, okay? You've got an initial portion to the flex pattern, and it's like the first half, and the second half, the ending portion, that you would use in a turn. So first half, second half. The way you can set this strap up is that it's fully active and dynamic in the first half. So if you're skiing through choppy mank or it's just super uneven terrain, you know the first few degrees that you're flexing your cuff, this is at fully active suspension 100%. Let's say you make it through that section and you're back onto a smooth groomer and you want to crank out a big GS turn and you really lean into the cuff, you will flex through the elastic elements and eventually hit a fixed portion that becomes active. Mm -hmm. So you can really lean into the boot and power the end of the turn. And you can fine tune this. So there's a, a Velcro outer portion that you can set to being super loose. So you can make it as you know suspension active as you want or you can tighten that up and make it 
as minimally active as you want and anywhere in between. So if you, you know, this has the obvious mountain bike metaphor yeah. coming at you here, you can make your suspension as active as you want, or you can crank up the compression damping and make it as firm locked out as you want. And this is exactly doing that. Yeah. So this is, this is really fun. You can really play with how, just like, you know, on my downhill bike, I can crank the compression up as much as I want and just get bounced off my bike if I yep. feel like it. Um, so I can have a really active, powerful strap if I wanted that. Yeah. Or I can loosen it up and it's still tight against my leg. Like, so it's not loose flopping around. It's just this fixed portion. Again, it'll make more sense when you see it, but you tighten the strap up so it's holding everything snugly to you, but it's always elasticized. And then you kind of fine tune that little bit of fixed portion on it and you can make it as tight as you want. So you could make this a fully active, non-elastic strap. Mm -hmm. If you really want to do that, that option is there. You could also make it the exact opposite, fully active with, with no fixed element on it. Or you can run it in the middle and anywhere within that spectrum up to you. And since we've launched this, um, it debuted at Solden this year, um, and all of our racers are switched over to it, huh. 100%. Are you getting any kind of consensus from your racers? Like, oh, weird, most of them are running it this way, or are they kind of all over the spectrum? They're all over it, depending yeah. on the event. Yep. You know, slalom tends to be a more direct, like that's like your stiffest boot. It's like they don't care about suspension. It's just go, go, go. And as you get more towards the downhill speed thing, you know, so we got Kitzbühel coming up here, you know, they're going to probably run that on the damper side of things. Um, but it's up to them and it's up to you to set it however you want. Yeah. It's, it's trick. It's really, I'm looking forward to skiing this thing. I, I mean, I have like put my foot in the boot and like played with the strap and looked at how you can adjust it in the ways that you just been talking about. And it's very intriguing. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's one of those things like, again, you could buy the whole professional setup all at once, or you could just get the liner or you could just get this strap, you know, whatever level you feel like playing in this, it's there for you. Whatever, whatever level of dork you care to go to. Yeah. And if you're a professional nerd, you're going to buy the whole boot. Right. If you just kind of want to tiptoe into it to say, am I nerdy enough? I don't know. Right. You then can just dabble with the strap. You can dabble your way into the nerdiness. Yep. Yeah. And the version that's on the Hawks boots, we have a really cool um, camming buckle on the Hawks version that has a quick release. So you tighten it up. Um to your heart's content. And then normally you have to kind of press a button to kind of release the mechanism. With this, there's like a, a, a pull cord and just flies open. So getting out of this is super easy. The Redster version, so there's a Hawks version of this professional dual strap, which has the quick release. And there's a Redster version that has the traditional racing buckle on it. Other than that, they're the same strap. So you, people will see, oh, there's a Redster version or a Hawks version. It really just comes down to this this buckle that's on mm -hmm. it. Got it. Pretty good. I'm glad that you haven't apparently just been sitting around twiddling your thumbs. 
You know, I did for a little bit, but that was just in the two hours I was waiting for you. <laughs> Apologies for that. Uh, no, it, it's honestly, I, I'm standing ovation for our R&D team here that has been, that could put this together during such a chaotic, insane year. Like, it's not easy for anybody, um, no matter what side of the world you're coming from. But, you know, Europe's under a definite lockdown for most of the year here. So it's been really hard teams meetings and like zoom calls and things trying to get this to all come together. And, you know, just kudos to those, to the guys and girls that have made this come to life. It's not been easy this year, especially. I'm really looking forward to skiing this thing. It's intriguing. The boot sure looks trick. I feel like we said this line and I couldn't remember if we said it about a boot or a ski, but this boot is definitely the boot that Batman would ski in. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, it's it. I've seen a lot of boots in my day. This is what Batman would ski in. This is definitely Batman's boot. And maybe Luke Coppa. Of course, who's to say that Luke Coppa is not Batman? (laughs) I just blew your mind. Well, (laughs) I'm like, no, dude, it's Christian Bale. Duh. I mean, I don't know. Both are, both the good, good news is the prime version looks exactly like the ultra version. So he could look just as cool as, as you Bat- as me or Batman. Okay. But whole here. <gasps> Wait a second. For sure. There's more. We didn't talk about heel pockets, which we said we were going to talk about. Ah, oh, dude, we got to do was like the title of the, the, the podcast. I know. Whiskey and heel pockets. We'll go to heel pockets, and then I feel like I want to ask you, right? We end now all of our Gear 30 podcasts by doing this, like, what we're celebrating this week. So think, you know, you got to kind of now talk about heel pockets and think about what you're celebrating this week. You Let's gotta... celebrate heel pockets. Okay. <laughs> you really this is perfect. You sounded <laughs> real slurred right there. <laughs> we're going to celebrate heel pockets. It's perfect. I mean, I'm glad they exist for sure, but more I like of the billion hours we've now spent talking about boots on gear 30, I feel like we've never really talked about the kind of philosophy or thinking behind designing a heel pocket. Okay. Heel pockets. What should we know? Well, this is a cool exercise. If anybody, you know, take your boot at home, pull the liner out and just look down into your heel pocket. And if you've got a couple different boots handy, if you are that much of a nerd where you have multiple boots, you can see a real difference between boot A and boot B's heel pocket, like where the heel actually comes in, where the ankles sit in relation to that. And, you know, everybody's got their magic formula of what a heel pocket should look like from a last perspective. And... Then they're going to have an idea of how their heel pocket in the liner should look. And they often don't line up. They might feel good. You try it on, feels good. But very rarely does it match one-to-one. Super rare. And the only way you can get that one-to-one match is with a liner that fully molds and follows that contour of the shell and of your ankle and heel. 
And so, you know, this really is a good place to talk about this is that this heel pocket that you're going to get with this is for, especially for you, Jonathan, because you've never had a foam liner done before is exactly what you've never had. Really? Yeah. You're going to be blown away by what that feels like. Like you take a liner, you people go put, they put their hand in, they go, Oh, feel all that foam. Like in any liner, like it's got a great heel pocket, like feel that foam is. And then, but that it's not yours. Mm-hmm. That's the same heel pocket that's given to every single person who buys that boot. And yeah, things are a little bit of heat moldable. There's EVA foams that'll compress, expand a little bit, you know, to kind of make it individual. But there's nothing like Mimic Professional in that you get a foam fit and the Mimic plastic that's around the heel and ankle area to match exactly your body shape and have this perfect interface to the shell. And that's what you're going to see. Thankful for heel pockets. Okay, curious. The racers you work with, do they care about heel pockets? Are they not talking about heel pockets? They're more concerned with static straps versus elastic straps or other stuff? Oh, for sure. They care about their heel pockets. Yeah. Fit is somewhat important to a a (laughs) tell me more. (laughs) But I'm just, of all, I I realize that. I mean, you know, duh. But is that like, where does the heel pocket fit slot in among the different things that, again, specifically asking about the racers you work with, top Mm -hmm. of the list, kind of near the bottom, middle? Super high. Super high. Heel heel hold. You know, that's like the magic, one of the magic things you talk about in a ski boot. Um, And especially when, you know, they're starting out with a TI or an STI fit that does not fit them out of the box at all. Yeah, at all. You know, and for a lot of our racers, they're they're not blessed with narrow feet. They have Luke Kappa. Messed up. God, God, God know, clearly hates you feet. God hates them problems here, yeah. you know. And, but these, you know, a good boot fitter, especially at the World Cup level, fully grinds that exactly to them, you know. You know, they're getting that kind of attention done to the heel, ankle pocket, navicular, midfoot, toe box, like front to back. Um, but they'll all tell you, heel hold, ankle hold, there's this good balance of you can't have too much hold. You can't lock the ankle out. You know, you still have to pronate some degree here. So there's this really intricate balance they're trying to strike with absolute rock solid heel hold and allowing some pronation and ankle mobility to happen to make the turns that they have to make. And so they are very hypersensitive to making sure that that balance is intact. And what they've all been super excited about are not only the Mimic Professional, but also before this, you know, one of the things we're also launching this year um, is Mimic in Redster. So Mimic has been a Hawks thing for the first year. And Mimic comes down to lower price points in Hawks. Um, you'll see it kind of permeate throughout 
most of our, our range next year. And it's really exciting because it comes into the Redster boots. Like the stock liner in Redster is going to be a Mimic World Cup liner, which is what a lot of our athletes are still on. Half of them have kind of made the, the transfer over to Mimic Professional. You know, one of the things that was hard for the athletes this year was finding training time. You know, like COVID affected everything and everyone. So if glaciers aren't open, you can't travel. You know, it was a real nightmare um, for these guys and girls trying to find, you know, hill time. And so they kind of stuck with their Mimic liners that they had last year. And so even the Mimic liner for these guys and girls, they were like, I'm not letting go of this. You know, it's such a huge step in terms of finding that ideal ankle and heel fit for them. And the ones who have had the time to try out Mimic Professional, they're not letting go of that now. And so, long story short, ankle area, heel area, incredibly important for these athletes. So let's, no question. let's talk a little bit then about when you guys are like, all right, we're going to put the new, the new Hawks Ultra, new mold for the Hawks. How do you go about thinking about, okay, this is more of an all mountain boot versus say, and I don't want to get into plug boots, right? Where we're just literally carving out a block of plastic to somebody's foot. So let's, let's not worry about that for right now. But when we're just talking about how narrow or how wide to go on a heel pocket or how much volume more generally to put into a heel pocket, how do you guys think about that when it comes to different non-plug boot boots? Okay. First, let's talk about the word plug boot. Okay. We need to strike the word plug from ski boot vocabulary <laughs> you don't like the word plug i don't know what it means there's there's no plug there's nothing added to it um it, it, it always struck me as this kind of i don't know where it kind of come from i would love to know where that originated because the only thing that are that's in a, a ski boot is the outer mold and the last when you when you go from your raptor RS boot to the previous version World Cup, you know, um, like the B2, whatever it was called. Um, there's no plug. It's a different last. It's just a completely different last. So there's molds and lasts in ski boots, and that's it. I love so, that this is, we've got, this is like, we've kind touched of, a nerve. This I is, love this. This has got me here. So I'm not letting this one go. Um, so plug boots, it doesn't exist. Like it doesn't, nobody, <laughs> nobody skis a plug world. Boot. Well, <laughs> I wasn't thinking, I, I mean, that's what I tend to call a boot that we're going to end up totally. carving out the shell. It's, it's used. I'm not blaming you for using it because it's just been taught. Stop like, blaming even, me. Stop. It's not your blame, fault. It's not, it's not my your fault. fault. <laughs> <laughs> so plug doesn't mean anything. Okay. There's molds, there's lasts. That's it done and there's there's bottom pistons there's sliders there's inserts but there's no plug <laughs> so a race boot has a last let's talk about the last let's talk about the last um, let's talk about the last and but these world cup boots to your point 
you're grinding for days, right? That's not what an ultra is. Was that kind of what you're, what you're getting at? And how do we arrive at that? Where do those contours yeah. come from? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we tend to do a thing sort of, you know, rightly or wrongly like, oh, so you're, you're like a World Cup racer. Let us show you this 93 millimeter last boot. Oh, you're a recreational skier who skis four days a year and are really concerned just about comfort far more than performance. Come check out these 100, 102, you know, millimeter wide lasted boots. And I guess what I'm just curious about is I, you know, we, we talk a lot about last size with respect to the forefoot. We don't talk about last size with respect to heel pockets. And so from the point of view of somebody who has to make boots, that's where I guess I wondered if you could possibly say anything intelligent at all (laughs) (laughs) about how you guys go about thinking. Like if you're making a World Cup boot, I take it none of you are like, all right, we're working on this new World Cup downhill boot. Y'all want to start with like a 105 millimeter last answer? No, that dude just got fired. Who proposed that? Right? He's already yeah. He got fired. Long he's time fired. Ago. Yeah, he's fired. But but for heel pockets, is it as simple as yeah? We just start real small, and we'll have people grind out a heel pocket if they need a bigger one. That's why, for the love of God, is there anything intelligent at all you can share with us? on this important topic of heel pockets that we are celebrating this week. (laughs) It's just random when we get lucky. (laughs) So if you think, let's think back to, I don't know, early 2000s, just made this up. Okay. Okay. There's a, there's a last that exists in racing of some brand, brand X, Y, whatever. Yep. They're going to make a boot, and the racers and the boot tacks are going to have to fit it, okay? And if they're always grinding lots of material away from the heel, or this ankle is way too close, we're always having to punch it, these things get incorporated into the next evolution of the last. So this is kind of where it comes from. There's some starting point at some point in a a ski boot brand's career. They say, this is our racing last, for example, and we're going to give it to the athletes. They like it or they hate it. And the boot techs, sorry, the boot techs like it or they hate it. And the racer gets their fit no matter what. Um, It's just how much work does it take? So, for example, um, we have... Uh, a strong, passionate connection to racing at Atomic. Hmm. So I've heard. That's something we, we take pretty seriously. We have three different molds and three different lasts in our current commercial offer for just red race boots. It's unheard of for other brands to do this. So if you were to kind of look at um, the TI so the, what we would give to most of the, the male athletes that we've got, this heel pocket compared to what we would call the AR mold series, which is the club sport. And prior to TI, the World Cup, there's a lot of things here going on. Um, 
the first Redster boot. So when we moved from Racetech to Redster, the Redster World Cup heel got wider. Not just, and the ankles got wider. Now, I use that word very loosely. Wider? It's not wide. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, got it, got it. You know, yeah. it's not a wide fit. Yeah. But they were having to grind out everybody's boots so much that they're like, can you just make our lives a little bit easier? You know, give us a little bit wider heel, give us a bit more ankle, etc. And so these changes got put into the, the first generation Redster and the second generation Redster. Um, and they're going to keep evolving, for example. If we look back to the very first Hawks boot that was launched in 2007, there was a last, 100 millimeter last, that had a certain shape to it. Okay, the engineers in 2006, when they were making this, said we should make you know this generous 100 millimeter forefoot, this instep height, these parameters. Let's see how it fits, you know. And they test it, and people are like, oh, it feels great, or it's too narrow here. Then they have to adjust it, you know. So there's in the in the 22 month. Uh, time span it takes to bring a, a boot from idea to the boot I send you is 22 months. You know, there's a lot of refinement on the last before we're saying size 26 green light is done. You know, so going back to this 100 millimeter Hawks boot, because this is the this is where Ultra came from. Ultra did not come from World Cup, mm-hmm. it's not a wide race boot. It's a narrow, medium fit. So kind of how we actually started this whole conversation, begin the podcast, um, Hawks Ultra is a shrunken down 100 millimeter prime, for example. And that's where we started. And we said, what does that look like? Let's, let's scale down a 100 millimeter boot to 98 in all aspects, ankle, heel pocket, instep height, whatever make it the make it the same length as a 26 and we can in in CAD we can lay over a 98 millimeter club sport last onto this and see where they overlap and we can see oh wow this has way less instep height than we thought or there's way too much heel volume compared to where the 98 club sport is etc and we make tweaks based on what we think is going to lead to the best out-of-the-box fit that has the right balance of initial comfort, initial foothold for a quote-unquote all-mountain skier who happens to have a narrow foot versus somebody coming from racing that wants a wider fit. Okay, let's, let's complicate things Nice. further here. True or false... Touring boots should necessarily, obviously, start with larger, more voluminous heel pockets than a riveted cuff boot that you will never be used to walk uphill and only used to ride chairlifts and ski downhill. True or false? False. I thought that would be your answer. Generally false. Not universally false, but generally false. Because? So... 
So Hawks Ultra and Hawks Ultra Extended. Yep. Share the exact last in terms of dimensions. Technically, the last is a little different because we have a different boot board and the last creates the space for the boot board. But in terms of what creates the fit of the last, identical. Like we don't make a wider heel or wider or more generous ankle area in the ultra extended compared to regular ultra. It's the same. Backland gets into a little bit of a different territory um, because the foot is moving a lot more. But I think you'll see in the future um, some changes there where you don't the conceptual thinking of, oh, I'm going touring, I need a little bit more heel space or ankle space because I'm walking so much. Um, that won't necessarily be true in the future. Dum, dum, dum. Teaser. Teaser. Hmm. If you made it this far, you get a teaser. You get a teaser. The two people, one of the three dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're down Three to were here, two fell asleep. One yeah. is searching for God knows what online. <laughs> gun. This is just playing in the background. <laughs> gun. <laughs> um, okay. I hope people like this one. Oh, they'll love it. It made me nervous, but they'll love it. Like that one. Person, I, think we, I think we saved it. That one person's still listening. That one person. She's Thanks. like those guys. <laughs> those guys are such morons. I can't somehow turn this off. Just got to see what happens. You just got to see what happens next. Okay. Yeah, the heel pocket thing, especially maybe when it comes to touring boots, kind of tricky because it's like, yeah, more volume, you're going to be moving around more. Could see how someone might assume you want to go bigger heel pocket. Could also see how someone's like, no, no, precisely because you're walking around and there is more ankle flexion and the rest, we got to totally lock that heel down even more. Who knows what the future brings? Yeah. All right, we got our heel. We got our heel pocket talking. Nice. I'm glad we kind of brought that back. We have both filled our respective glasses. By the way, if you ever come to Crested Butte, which I've been telling you now for some years, and it's not Luke, my fault. There's, I can't travel there. I know you can't right now, but when you come, because apparently you've never had Whistle Pig whiskey before. So this is true. We're gonna introduce you to this. I've got their 12-year-old in my hand. I think you're working on some scotch over there? Yep. I got a 12-year-old Macallan over okay. here. So we're both got our 12-year-old whiskeys here. We've already said what we're celebrating this week, heel pockets. We are also celebrating literally anyone who made it this far into this conversation. You all clearly... Gold star troopers yes. of the highest regard. Yeah. Absolutely. Gold star troopers of the highest regard. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So to heel pockets and to those gold star troopers who have made it this far, we salute you and we raise our glasses. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Ching, ching. Ah, that was delicious. Um, <clears throat> Matt, as always... A pleasure. Jonathan, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, Always fun talking sorry, about boots. I'm sorry I was two hours and 40 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do for nerdery. I know. I hope people appreciate it. And I, I hope so too. I cannot wait for the Atomic 
the new Atomic Duh to hit the market. The which Duh case, Nerd Pro. And then the, the Nerd Pro. You did at one point say you would make a translucent boot for me. Did I? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I would rather have a boot called the Nerd than a translucent boot. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's been a lot of hours of conversation, but if you go back and check the tape, we did talk about at one point, like the color of ski boots and yes. firmness mm-hmm. of plastic and the like. And no, so, this this is a tangible thing. Yeah, if you if you're if you're good enough, it's tangible. <laughs> I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm a pro, I'm a professional nerd. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, well, hey, please apologize to your girlfriend for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other than that, we'll kind of apologize to all everyone the listeners, at this yeah, point. to everyone. Yeah. And uh, but um, you now know about the new Hawks Ultra. You now know about the professional new liners. You know more than you ever did before about heel pockets. You know that plug boots are not a thing. So much so, bonus material here. So that we there's so didn't much. Really think about right. Yep. It's so much bonus material. I think we should apologize to no one, Matt. <laughs> I've no changed one's, my, I'm not apologizing for anybody. I have changed my stance yep. on this. Um, yep. Apologies to none of you, but we do hope you have a good day. <laughs> yep. And Matt. And your favorite power strap. Oh, and my favorite power strap. There well, we we'll see. I haven't skied it yet. TBD. 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 It is a trick-looking power strap. And I, I am, in theory, sold on what is happening here. And so we'll be reporting back. We're going to sign off. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we will talk to you all real soon. Take care, everybody. Well, for better or for worse, that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. And if you are enjoying these conversations, then be sure to subscribe to Gear 30, leave us that five-star rating in iTunes, and tell your friends about the show. Because, let's be honest, you're sure as hell not going to get conversations like this anywhere else. Who else is talking about tongue volume, people? Now, of course, I also want to say thanks to Matt Manzer for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again this coming Monday over on our Blister podcast, where Cody Townsend and I will once again be reviewing the news for the month of January. So enjoy your weekend, and then we will catch you over on the Blister podcast on Monday. Talk to you then.